Hello, this is Emily Austin, um, and you are tuning in to Faithfully Memphis. This is the radio program and podcast of the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. And every Thursday morning at 8 a.m., we have the opportunity to talk about the ways that we can become better people, and especially within the context of being uh, right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I am, I've hosted the show a few times before, but this is, uh, I'm delighted to be back in the hot seat this morning, uh, talking with people in Memphis who are really involved in taking care of our natural resources and making this a place that's beautiful and worth living, um, by taking care of animals and our natural resources, Um, Earlier this month, I wanted to talk a little bit first about um, the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi, and why are we talking about him? Well, on October the 4th is the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi, um, who is widely known as the patron saint of animals and also ecology, and may have been, and a lot of people regard him as sort of the origin point of Earth Day. So St. Francis of Assisi spent much of his time preaching about animals and exhorting that all creatures are brothers and sisters of God. And he was born in the year 1181 in Italy. And today he is celebrated as the patron saint of ecologists. Throughout most of his youth, he served as a soldier. But after his quote unquote conversion experience, he renounced his family's wealth and devoted his life to God. He was a popular preacher at the time, and in his at his death in 1226, there, more than three million people were brought together for his funeral. And I, I, I don't know. I like I, I can't even imagine three million people coming together for someone's funeral today. So the idea that back in the Middle Ages that many people would join together that there were that many people in 12 uh in the 1200s i don't know that that's it's it's kind of a it blows my mind a little bit so one of the reasons that uh saint francis is the patron saint of ecologists um is that in 1979 pope john paul ii uh declared him to be so and and i'm i'm i mean i'm you know i have to admit i am your complete and utter uh, Episcopalian over here. I do not know as much about our saints um, from our Catholic brothers and sisters as I wish to admit, but I imagine that he was canonized and made a saint way before then. I mean, yeah, everybody loves St. Francis, but anyway, he was named the patron saint of ecologists back in 1979, and in some ways, St. Francis could be viewed as the original Earth Day advocate Not only did he care about the poor and the sick, but he preached multiple sermons on animals and wanted all creatures on earth, including humans, to be treated as equals under God. And some of his sermons included stories about birds, fish, and rabbits. And anybody who's listening to this show that knows anything about me and my family is knows that I am, 
I'm like the weird rabbit lady. I, I love bunnies. In fact, I have a, a medal on my uh, bracelet that I'm wearing right now that has um, St. Melangel on it. She is the patron saint of rabbits. I have three rabbits at my house. I love them. They're my fur babies. And so anybody who can preach on rabbits is fine by me. So the Feast of St. Francis is celebrated worldwide on October 4th. So that's a little bit earlier this month. And the event is most heavily celebrated in Italy um, in the place called Assisi, where St. Francis died and earned uh, the title of patron saint of ecologists. Uh, The event begins on October 3rd, where the town of Assisi lights oil lamps in remembrance of St. Francis And on the next day, special religious events and services are organized so people from all around the world and not just not just in Assisi, Italy, can bring their pets to have them blessed. I know that earlier this month uh, in many of our faith communities here in the Mid-South, a lot of our churches have pet blessings. And, you know, it's a really delightful way to honor the fact that our fur babies are members of our families and they do bring us so much joy um, to our lives and they add so much value. So I love that that has become part of our way that we can worship God and, and honor his creation. Um, many other events take place during the week to celebrate the life of St. Francis, including nature walks and games for children. Um, so why should we care? Why should we care about St. Francis and the idea of uh including, you know, learning about him and learning about his life in our uh, own quest to be better stewards and better global citizens and caretakers of this beautiful world that we've been given. Well, with poaching and climate change, unsustainable agriculture, and rampant deforestation for timber, all contributing to habitat, habitat loss for wildlife around the world, St. Francis and currently Pope Francis messages on caring for the environment still ring true today. St. Francis was a wonderful figure who cared about the environment and wildlife and made it his mission to spread awareness through his sermons. Through deforestation, environmental education, climate activism, and the protection of endangered species around the world, St. Francis's message and celebration of Earth continues today. You know, I just, speaking from my heart, I, it is so easy to get lost in the, you know, the bigness of uh, caring for our planet. You know, what can we all do? What can we all do to make sure that we're leaving it best for the people who are following us? You know, and that's our children and future generations Um, It can barely be overwhelming, Um, but I think that as we all, uh, as we all consider the ways that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is working in the world, one of the things that we can do is be the hands and the feet, and that includes taking care of our world and taking care of our home, which is right here in Memphis and wherever you're listening So today, I'm really delighted to have on some folks who are doing that right here in Memphis and Shelby County. And we're going to go to a break. And then right after that, we'll come back and we'll talk to them. And with that, I am delighted to introduce 
you to our guests for today. Um, we have Sherry Carter, who is the Pet Resources Specialist at Memphis Animal Services, and Kathleen, Kathleen Quinlan, who is a volunteer cat foster for Memphis Animal Services. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing awesome. I'm so grateful to have y'all in here today to, to talk here. about how, you know, we can be taking care of our fur babies and our critters and and adding them to our families. So tell me a little bit about Memphis Animal Services and the work that y'all do here in the Mid-South. Well, uh, Memphis Animal Services, uh, we cover a vast um, variety of services for the public. Um, we, want, we first started out just basically um, just being an intake or a shelter for people who may need to place their pets in the shelter, um, picking up strays that are wandering around lost or what have you. Um, but now we have expanded into uh, different um, areas of trying to help keep pets with their parents. A lot of times pet parents can be overwhelmed um, as far as losing their jobs due to COVID yeah. and other things. So our job now um, is just not to be a place to drop your, your pets off. Now we're mm -hmm. trying to be the resource to help pet parents keep their pets yeah. and um, help them to understand to make us the last resort. Yeah, yeah. So where are y'all located? Are y'all over by in Shelby Farms? Am we I? are at 2350 Appling City Cove, gotcha. right gotcha. across from where the old inspection station used to be, gotcha. right across the walk. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit, you mentioned Sherry about how, you know, the pandemic has had an impact on the work that y'all are doing at Memphis Animal Services. Tell me a little bit about that and what you saw before um, the pandemic and then how, you know, you transitioned. Absolutely. And then even now as we're starting to kind of move out into the world again okay so before the pandemic um, the shelter was open um, to the public where the public could just freely walk in mm -hmm. um, view the pets make a selection um, they could even visit with their with the pet of their choice do a meet and greet um, and then they could they could you know possibly adopt on the same day um, but when the pandemic hit it changed our hours we we had longer days on Tuesdays and Thursdays where we would be open to the public from noon till seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. Well, with the pandemic coming, we had to scale back. Um, people can only, they were only able to come in and see pets by appointments. Mm -hmm. um, so, which reduced our staff as well because yeah. of the pandemic. Um, a lot of things changed with the pandemic where since we couldn't have so many people in a shelter at one time. We had to mm -hmm. um, re rearrange the way we could help pet parents. So we started the food pantry. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. So um, we have where if your pet is in need of dog food or cat food, yeah. litter, you yeah. can just come by the shelter and pick that up. Monday wow. through Friday between 12 and 4. What an um, important right. ministry and, right. and community offering that is because, yeah. you know, I one of the things that I've observed and is that during the pandemic, you know, one of the smaller things that is really big is the fact that there were a lot of people going hungry. Absolutely. Um, as a result of, you know, all the trickle down from, right. 
and that includes our furry family members. Definitely. We um, we even offer a delivery service oh, wow. to people that don't drive. Yeah. You know, they have yeah. pets as well, but they just don't drive. I had yeah. a, a lady call me just the other day, and she said she's having a hard time finding cat food in the stores. Yeah. So she wanted to know if we could help out. So definitely, we... Um, we, we're delivering to people who are in need, and like I said, they can come by to pick up. We also offer uh, medical care. If your pet um, is needing to be spayed or neutered, we have resources to help out with that. Wow, I never knew that y'all Absolutely. did that. That's yeah. incredible. Right. That's really amazing. Do you, um, you know, talking about the ancillary services that y'all are offering, um, what are some ways that people can help? Uh, can can we donate food can we donate money what can we do um so ways to help us would be uh to volunteer like kathleen yeah and i I gotta get i want to hear about (laughs) kathleen yeah um we are always in need of pet food especially dry dog food Mm -hmm. um and we're offering um dog houses and um crates as well so if you're in a position where you can donate the igloo dog houses or Mm -hmm. the black wire crates that would be awesome but basically, if you can adopt, foster, or volunteer, yeah, that's what we really. Well, need. let's talk about fostering yeah. a little bit, Kathleen. <laughs> Kathleen, you and I—I I, I actually know you primarily because you're in the choir at Church of the Holy Communion, and I'm running—you know—I'm—I'm I'm running point on communications over at Church of the Holy Communion at the corner of Perkins and Walnut Grove, but. You also are really, really active in uh, cat fostering. And I know that you also do volunteer work with a lot of other creation uh, focused nonprofit work here in Memphis. So tell me a little bit about, you know, the larger picture of volunteering in Memphis and then how why you're uh, why you're so passionate about helping out Memphis Animal Services. Yeah, I think um, I was talking to Sherry beforehand and trying to figure out how did I get involved in it. <laughs> it's one of those places where you just you can get sucked in so quickly. Mm. I went over there to find out, just find out a little bit more about fostering one day, and then walked out with um, a crate of kittens. Yep, um, and as and, as one does, yeah. you know, <laughs> you you can't be in the presence of a crate of kittens and not you know carry it away with you. I, I don't think that it's scientifically possible right well and I think that that's what's interesting about that to me is is I'm sure like a lot of us I thought oh I'm not ready for this oh I'm you know this is probably something I can do someday but not now and mm-hmm. and uh the folks who were uh, over the volunteers were like no take him now like you're, you're yeah good to yeah go. yeah and it turned out I was you know I was terrified I'm gonna you know I'm not gonna be able to take care of these kittens I don't I just have an extra room in my house the, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick them in there and they're going to, you know, be miserable. And, uh, you know, what what the volunteer coordinator said at the time, and I, I have to remind myself all the time, was like, yeah, but if they're not in your spare bedroom or your spare bathroom, they're they're just in a kennel at the shelter. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, is, is better than some of the places they could be. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. we never want to look down on the shelter. They're, they're doing a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's anytime you can get an animal out of that shelter it's a it's going to be less stressful for them and allow them to socialize more um and yeah so once once I got through those first kittens and realized also I think the other thing with fostering is is people always think you're going to be so sad when they go and 
you, you know, it's 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 a happy thing to see an animal get adopted by a wonderful family and, yeah. you know, get the attention and, and be the star of the show yeah. Um, yeah. that they deserve. So yeah. that's kind of how I just got sucked right in. <laughs> when we, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we have three bunnies at home and they're, you know, they're, they live in our home. They live... Um, they have their own room. We they stay inside, and the first two that we adopted were from the, uh, the they were littermates, um, and the third, Mr. George, um, we we rescued him, and you know the it was I think through um, New Beginnings Animal uh, Rabbit Rescue here in Memphis that we adopted him, and I highly encourage if you've ever thought about adopting a bunny, go to New Beginnings. Um, we're now really good friends with the um, George's foster daddy. Like he, when he, you know, because we have this passion and love for these sweet animals. I think that you know he maybe he felt a little bit of a there. There was a you know it's a melancholy moment when you hand off an animal that you've poured so much love and care into. That can be a you know a, a bittersweet moment, but you know his foster George's foster daddy and our family were close and we live to send him pictures of how George is doing. And, and it just, I, I feel like building community around these animals. Um, it really, you know, it's that je ne sais quoi. Yeah. I, you know, before we went on the air and I was, you know, wrestling with all this tech I overheard the two of you talking about how it's it really comes down to people. Do y'all want to talk a little bit to that and how this is not just creation care, but it's also people care, caring for animals? Yeah, we were we were talking about people care for sure, and I'm going to pass this over to, to Sherry because that's yeah. kind of her whole entire job is people yeah. care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I in my experience. And, and some 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 directly um, with fosters I, I'd like I had an owner surrender earlier this year um, where about two days into fostering this cat um, they came back to our to the coordinator in tears just saying I've made mm-hmm. a terrible mistake and she said what can we do to help you and uh, in the end we were able to reunite this animal with their owner and provide the support from MAS that 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 person needed mm-hmm. and I thought man I mean the cat was sort of you know bouncing around yeah and, eh, okay you know yeah. he was he was pretty much fine the whole time but this person was just broken yeah and and made whole again by this very you know um this act of mercy really and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, that that really was the moment that I thought, gosh, this is not just about animal care. But I'm going to pass this over to Sherry because she can talk all about this. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. You did a great job, Kathleen. Um, we're so lucky to have Kathleen at uh, Memphis Animal Services. Um, but I do, I deal with the public every day. And we're probably talking to 60 to 100 people a day about their pets and their mm-hmm. concern wow. for the pets. And as I was telling Kathleen earlier, I just believe a lot of it is lack of information. You know, taking care of a pet today is not like it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. I remember coming up as a kid, uh, my dad was a police officer, so we had German Shepherds, Dobermans, everything on the weekends. He would bring them home. And a lot of times we could just 
put the pets in the backyard, feed them, oh. go play with them when we want to. But now, you know, the, the laws and the rules have changed. Um, it's a greater responsibility. Um, and like I said, we love our fur animals, um, our fur babies. Um, but a lot of it comes down to people just don't have all of the information that they need to take care of a pet. Um, I, have, I get a lot of calls to where if um, a, a pet parent um, can't pay for vaccines, they want to <laughs> surrender their animals. So when we talk to them and we're like, well, we've got a program that can help you. You know, we can cover the cost. We can help you with spay neuter. And they would be like, well, I didn't know that. So, yeah, it's hope. And they're really happy at the end of the day that they are caring for their pets because they don't want to surrender, but they don't have the finances to cover it. So mm-hmm. they feel like their only out is to surrender the pet. Yeah. I can remember not too long ago we had a guy that came in and his pet had broken a leg. And he knew that he couldn't afford the medical care. So he was like, he was crying. This has had this dog since it was a puppy. And he was broken down in tears. He was like, I'll just surrender him so that he can get the care. And we were like, well, sir, we can send you to an off-site vet to get this taken care of. And he literally hugged me. My shirt was soaking wet from his tears. Wow. And I mean, can you imagine the sacrifice that he was willing to give up his pet just so he could have a better life? Um, And we've got... We've got hundreds of stories like that, but a lot of it is just educating pet parents. They don't realize the resources that we have that can help them keep their pets. And like Kathleen was saying, it's better if if pets can stay home with their pet parents. When they come to the shelter, they're confused. They're wondering, yeah. why are we here? Yeah. All of this loud noise. We're in a kennel, you know, so many hours of the day. So we try to educate the pet parents to get them to understand we're here to help you. We know it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Taking care of a pet is just like taking care of a child. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. And a lot of times, you know, with kids, they'll at least tell you when right. something is wrong. Right. And it's it's hard to sometimes know when exactly when your fur baby your dog or your cat or any other animal just needs a little bit more right so we've y'all have talked a little bit about cats and dogs um what are those the primary animals that y'all um help to foster and care for at Memphis Animal Services? Primarily, yes, but I have been with Memphis Animal Services for eight years, and I have seen everything from um, horses to pigs, chickens, roosters, um, guinea pigs, rabbits. Yeah. um, Everything, sheep. Wow. Llamas. Wow. (laughs) Horses, so the list goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah, just goes to show like how, uh, you know, we, I think that we're sitting here at Crosstown Concourse right now and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we're in the big city. <laughs> yeah. And also we live here in Memphis and we live in an environment where there is definitely a lot of biodiversity yeah. and, and people, you know, I, I can count on uh many hands how many of my friends have chickens at their home and and I'm and I'm so into that idea like I I think that I'm I'm trying to sell my husband on us having a chicken coop but um, I don't know if he's totally in on it yet but um 
tell me a little, so you've been with Memphis Animal Services for eight years. What has been some, like, you've you've shared how, uh, you know, th- there have been moments where you just are like, okay, this is, I know that I'm doing what I need to be doing. But what kind of keeps you coming back to it? And what inspires you about the work? Because I can imagine it, yeah. it's probably, you, you know, in any kind of public service, it, it can be grueling. It is. Um, a lot of days it is hard, but I work with, the best group of uh, team members um, and we're constantly you know just reaching the bar and going over um, the people that I work with they work hard they work beyond their eight hours they take it home literally mm-hmm. when the yeah. shelter is full we have employees that take home the puppies the bottle baby kittens yeah dogs you know just to keep them safe you know just to give them some security mm-hmm. Um, but what keeps me coming back is just the end of the day story, helping people. Yeah. Um, I can't stress it enough. You know, we can sometimes be the lifeline between um, a pet parent keeping their pet and their pet coming into the shelter and they never see each other again. So we're trying yeah. to bridge the gap to uh, keep that family together. We never want to see um, a pet parent and their pet broken up if it's not, you know, if it's not necessary. Um, but that's kind of what, that keeps me coming back to the shelter is just knowing that I've been an intricate part in helping mm-hmm. to educate this pet parent and to yeah. keep this pet out of the shelter. It, yeah, I mean, yeah. that feeling is, is just, it's incredible. And knowing you know? that you're sort of keeping, you know, a family member in the family. Absolutely, but I couldn't do it um, by myself um, we have a great director, Alexis Pugh. She's awesome. She has, you know, she's done everything in her power to give us the resources to help pet parents. Um, she's constantly hiring more and more people, you know, as, mm-hmm. much, as much as she can. Um, but like I said, um, it's a team effort. Everybody has an intricate part. Um, mm-hmm. The supervisors are great. The employees that feed and, and take care of the pets, and they are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Kathleen, I know that you're a big animal. You would have to be an animal lover to do this kind of work. Um, tell me, like, so you, you're bringing cats in and, and kittens and making sure that they're they're adoption ready. What, do you have pets of your own at home? And I do. I have two cats, one of whom is named Joni Mitchell, actually. Okay, so. that was not planned, my friends. <laughs> that was not planned. Yeah, I have uh, Joni and Emmy Lou are my cats, and I was telling Sherry they have very mixed feelings about uh, having guests at the house all the time, um, but they're they're pretty pretty accommodating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think MAS. Uh, has has really drawn me in specifically um and and that's really kind of what i feel like drew me into animal rescue Mm -hmm. specifically i mean obviously yes i love i love cats i love animals um and kittens are very cute i I don't only foster kittens i also foster adult cats i've got one right now but um you know that that sort of sells itself yeah (laughs) you know cute little kittens but i think it is that i see you know, Memphis Animal Services really trying to um, rise above, especially I think in this current, um, with its current leadership, just being the animal control 
facility for the city. I mean, they could yeah. just do that. And, and they have that mandate. They are still having to fill that role, but they are really trying to be community partners and working to not just be a Band-Aid, mm-hmm. um, but to, to start solving some of these root issues like, you know, pet parents not having the resources they necessarily need or um, access to them. And I think spay and neuter is a huge part of that, too. And um, one of the things I love about fostering for Memphis Animal Services is I know that any animal I adopt out, any kitten that I foster that gets adopted, is going to be spayed and neutered before they ever get adopted. And so they're they're no longer going to be contributing to pet overpopulation because they'll be off the streets and they're not they're not having any babies. So, you know. They're, they're, that's better for their health outcomes. It's better for the health of our um, planet. It's better for birds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of other, other species uh, that, that, you know, benefit from not having, especially cats. So, okay, fun fact, you know, I, I, I am the parent of a nine-year-old. And last night we're, we're doing the homework, we're doing all this, and and one of her assignments we were learning she's learning about food chains and that was kind of a you know i I think we all understand the general concept of of the food chain and and how it's all trickle down but just in doing this like fourth grader homework i think it was given it gave me a good reminder of how it's not just about predator and da 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 it's it is so the the balance and making sure that uh, our local food chains, which are cats and dogs are a top predator, um, they can have an impact on the uh, the well being of other creatures and Absolutely. and not just animals but also our wild our 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 fauna mm-hmm. i guess that's is that the right word flora yeah. flora okay fauna is an- animals. animals flora <laughs> is the plants but it's all balanced we're it's all one and so yeah that's a good point we have to make sure we you have to look at it holistically and making sure that you know animals are spayed and neutered it's not only more it, it, it not only improves their quality of life but it includes it in, improves the quality of everybody and every living thing yeah it's definitely it's an ecosystem and and so we're you know trying to to keep that healthy it's it's never going to be what like it was you know a hundred thousand years ago but (laughs) although you know at the botanic garden there is an area do you know what i'm talking about at the at the memphis botanic garden there is a little area where they have all these um ferns and Mm -hmm. and it's kind of to reproduce what the mid-south may have been like you know sort of the primeval mid-south yes yeah (laughs) it's it's kind of a neat place like it and there's also an area where you can go in and and they've they've put in these plaster casts of um dinosaur bones and and covered it in sand so kids anyway digression (laughs) i i i yeah, sorry. I'm 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 the queen of digressions, as you know. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about you know we talked about um, how people can make a donation to Memphis Animal Services and what we can do to volunteer and what else would you say we can do to just 
foster a sense of the, we're sharing this place with the animals that uh, that we're caring for. What is something that we can all be doing, and and uh, even if we're not pet owners? So um, going back to uh, what we really need. So I'll just go over the list again. Uh, we're always in need of dry. Um, dog food, um, igloo dog houses, black wire crates. Mm -hmm. Um, And please, if you can't do anything else, um, volunteer. Yeah. uh, Or be a foster. Is there an opportunity for people to like walk dogs or come out and and do that kind of work? You can can come to the shelter. Um, You can um, become a volunteer. Uh, Volunteers do a variety of things. Um, They take dogs out to the play groups. Uh, they mm-hmm. just get the, get the pets out of the kennels, uh, even with cats. They just come and love on the animals. So you can just come by the shelter and you can sign up to be a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a class that they offer um, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I don't have those specific dates, but... Um, you can, on your website? Yeah, mm-hmm. on the website, you can find that out. And um, I'm sure the pets would love to, you know, have more playtime yeah. to get them out of the kennels. Um, I was sharing with uh, Kathleen, a lot of times we have pets that are just, you know, sitting in the kennels and they're stressed out. They don't know why they're there. Um, And if they're stressed, they may not show well to potential adopters. So volunteers play a vital part with Memphis Animal Services in helping to get our our animals out and uh, just, you know, just loving on them because a lot of pets are coming from a home and they're winding up at the shelter and they're not understanding why. Awesome. Well, I appreciate y'all sharing what you're doing and we'll include uh, links to y'all's website and social media um, in the show notes of uh, the podcast, the Faithfully Memphis podcast today. So folks can get in touch and and get involved with the great work that you're doing. Thank you both so much. Thank you for having us. Thanks. I want to Uh, thank our guests today on Faithfully Memphis, Sherry Carter from Memphis uh, Animal Services and Kathleen Quinlan, who is a volunteer foster at Memphis Animal Services. Thank you both so much for the good work that you're doing. And uh, go on our website or look at the show notes um, for the Faithfully Memphis podcast today, and we'll include information on how you can... uh, get involved with the work that they're doing. I want to tell you all about a little bit, a little bit about some things that are going on in the community within our local um, Episcopal community that you might want to get involved in in the next uh, few days. Um, Tonight, actually, we are presenting at the Barth House um, Episcopal Center at the University of Memphis um, a short film series called Life and Death in the Thin Space Theology and Film Series, which is focused on life, death, and life after death, which, you know, we're a few days away from the uh, from All Hallows Eve and Halloween. Um, so we'll be screening um, and discussing, dis- good grief, and discussing um, short films, um, including Life After Death, which is a narrative short comedy directed by Noah Glenn. I Know Him Well, uh, a narrative short drama directed by Sean Harrison Jones um, and Bury Me at Taylor Hollow, which is a documentary directed by 
Orion Paul from Nashville. So um, if you'd like to get involved in that, that's tonight at uh, on October the 28th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Barth House Episcopal Center and go to our website or our social media if you'd like to have some more information on that. Um, as I said, there, we're getting close to Halloween. Uh, there's lots of trunk or treats and other um, ways to celebrate safely um, in our community. Um, on Saturday, October 30th, Church of the Holy Apostles in Collierville will be having their annual All Hallows Eve celebration. And the celebrations will begin with a special liturgy in the nave, followed by a trunk or treat in the parking lot. Um, St. Mary's Cathedral in downtown Memphis um, will also have a trunk or treat. But there's also going to be a really cool um, historical element to this celebration, which will be on October 34th at 4 p.m. Um, maybe you didn't know that approximately 400 Memphis citizens still lie buried at Winchester Park, which is just a few blocks from um, St. Mary's Cathedral on Poplar in downtown Memphis. So on October the 31st, um, the community is invited to join us to commemorate these citizens and mark a holy time in the church calendar. And like I said, there'll be a trunk or treat for um, children. Um, everyone's invited and special thanks to Memphis Community Redevelopment Agency who are sponsoring this event. Um, and last, um, on November the 2nd, Church of the Holy Apostles in Collierville um, will offer a commemoration of all faithful departed, also known as All Souls Day. Um, and this is the day that we're, the church is called to remember and pray for the dead, especially those near and dear to us. Um, so Holy Apostles will offer a memorial Eucharist open to the public. Um, that'll be in person, but masks will be required. Um if you have someone that you would like remembered in this liturgy, um, you can reach out to Father Clay Calhoun, who's actually hosted Faithfully Memphis. Um, his email is clay at holyapostlestennessee.net. Um, then, actually, we have another event coming up on Tuesday, November the 2nd. Um, Bishop Phoebe, who is the Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee, will participate in a interfaith COVID-19 memorial service um, at Crosstown Concourse. Um, Church Health, um, one of our wonderful partners um, and leaders in the faith community here in Memphis, um, and another ecumenical group of Memphis clergy, um, are calling the Memphis faith community together for a time of reflection and remembrance to honor those we have lost to COVID-19 across Shelby County in an interfaith prayer and memorial service um, at Crosstown Concourse, and it's open to the public. All are welcome. Um, I believe that is going to be live streamed um, by WYXR, so you might look to their social media um, to tune in if you are more comfortable um, praying remotely, but that'll take place on uh, Tuesday, November the 2nd at 5 p.m. in the central atrium of uh, Crosstown Concourse, and there'll be a, a handful of faith leaders here in the Mid-South, including Bishop Phoebe and um, Dr. Scott Morris, who's the founder and CEO of uh, Church Health, will be leading that up. 
last but not least, I got one little thing I wanted to share. Uh, we are already getting ready for the holidays. It's coming. It's barreling down the down the uh, landing strip right now. We're going to have uh, the holidays soon. Um, and as such, the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee will be hosting our inaugural Advent Arts Market um, on December the 4th, 2021, at the Barth House Episcopal Center, which um, is on the U of M campus. Um, this will feature, this is an all-day outdoor COVID-safe shopping and community event um, that will feature local artists and makers, food and music. We're looking right now to book vendors. So if you are, or someone you know is a maker or an artist here in Memphis, um, we'd love for you to participate. Uh, so go to our website, um, edwtn.org for more information um, or just to put it on your calendar. Uh, we'd love to get you involved. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Faithfully Memphis today. This is Emily Austin and reminding you to stay safe and stay positive. Thanks.